Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. Welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. I'm Pete Wright, and here, as always, with Nikki Kinzer. Hello. Hello, Nikki. Hi, Pete Wright. Uh, tell me what you're drinking. Right now, I'm drinking water. Oh. But. That's not as exciting. It's not. I decided to try tea. Okay. Because you hear all of these wonderful things about green tea. Yes, you do. And I love the idea of tea. <laughs> I was telling my husband this morning, I'm like, I just love the whole like um, routine of tea, the ambiance the tea gives you. You know, like I got my tea kettle out and because I never, I used to have a tea kettle just as decoration, but never used it because we don't drink tea. Right. And so I got it out. I put the hot water in it. And I listened for the whistle because that's always fun and (laughs) heard the whistle and I put the tea in the cup and I put the little tea bag in there and it's just all really nice, right? I mean, it's just this really soothing, calm, zen feeling. You've got the the environment right so far. That's good. Right. And the smell is okay. I mean, I'm not minding the smell. And I put some honey in the tea because I know I need to sweeten it up. I just know myself well enough. I'm going to have to sweet it up, you know, sweeten it up a little bit. And I'm all excited about this tea because I, I haven't had tea in a long time. And I've always said I don't like tea, but I'm going to try tea because, you know, I haven't been feeling well. And I tried the tea and I got this like, ew, ah, yeah, ah. <laughs> So it sat on my desk for probably an hour, and now I'm back to to water. I want to like tea. Well, I okay. really want to listen. I you need to give it more of a chance than that because one tea. What tea, what kind of tea did you? You said it's green tea. Like what kind of? It was organic chai green tea. Okay. But- and it's from Safeway, I think. All right. Well, that's you got to try some different. I would recommend you start with something a little bit more naturally palatable, which is like a a sweet, uh, or not a sweet, but a like a fruit tea or something like that. Like I, one of my very favorites is Celestial Seasonings has a has a, a, a or maybe it's not maybe it's stash maybe it's stash or Taza. They have like a a pomegranate white green tea, and that little addition of the fruit. To me, it softens some of the bittery, the more bitter kind of, um, kind of the green tea part. And I also think that the that starting with the chai, I mean, that's a very natural chai spice. It's not going to be something that is. It's not. It it ain't no Starbucks, right? <laughs> um, it's a much more sort of uh, let's just say robust chai spice, and probably not something that's quite so easy on your palate if you haven't been drinking a lot of tea. So, really, go go back and get something that's just just a basic. 
tea and see what you think. I, I do exactly the same thing. I put a, a little spoon of honey and the tea bag and I, I end up really liking it, but I, I tend to go for the more, the, the fruitier teas, the, the okay. black tea, mango, uh, black. Yeah. It's mango, black tea. Uh, I love, um, pomegranate, uh, the black cherry, like all of these, these kind of fruits, I think really make it a, a better experience. Well, then I'm going to keep trying. Cause I really don't want to give up on tea. I no. really don't. I really like the thought of it. Today we are talking about connections, the importance of connection. But before we do that, uh, make sure you head over to takecontroladhd.com and get to know us a little bit better, uh, the show a little bit better. If you're listening to this on, on Facebook or Twitter or Pinterest and you haven't explored the show, uh, you can listen to the show right there on the website or jump over to iTunes and subscribe for free. It's the best way to ensure you don't miss an episode. Connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at Take Control ADHD or call us, leave us a voicemail at 503-664-4ADD. 503-664-4ADD and get your voice and your thoughts and your questions on this very show. We would really love to hear from you. So, uh, I tested that. I you, tested the recording. How'd it work? It was good. It was funny because I wanted to hear what you had to say. And one of the things that you said was, you know, do we have permission to use your voice? And so I made a little joke and I said, of course you have permission. It's Nikki Kinzer. <laughs> you hear my voice all the time. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. But yeah, I just wanted to make sure it worked. And, you know, how did I know if people called in and stuff? So, but yeah, it's very cool. It's very clever. So yeah, definitely Excellent. leave a message because it'd be fun to hear somebody that's not me. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> you're just going to call out. yourself every couple of days. I know, right? Uh, and uh, one last thing, registration for small group coaching is open. You can head over to the website and sign up, uh, review the groups we have coming up, and uh, uh, and register to uh, to get a spot in these small groups. Yes, and, and I'm going to talk more about that today, too. Excellent. That, that, that ties into this connection piece. Well, let's do that then. Jump. Uh, let's jump on in. What are you thinking about when you're thinking about connections? Okay. Well, I'll tell you what happened and, and how this all kind of started. Is Like I said, I've been sick the last week, and so I've been in bed, and you can only watch so much TV and so many movies, you know, to, to just drive you crazy. So I started doing some research, and I started watching some webinars and some TED Talks and just reading some new material. And a few things really caught my attention this week that I want to talk about. And of course, I can't talk about all of it in one episode because that would just be a really long episode. Because uh, you were so, sick for a really long time. Exactly. Just... <laughs> so I'm going to spread it over the next few shows. But the, the first thing I want to talk about today is uh, I, I listened to a webinar for ADHD moms. And I'm going to talk about this webinar, a couple of things that I learned um, from the webinar, and then how it ties into these group coaching um, things that I want to, or groups that I want to put together. The second thing I want to talk about are these two TED Talks that I watched, um, and they are from um, Brene Brown, and she talks about shame and vulnerability. She is amazing. She is amazing. Ugh. Really. And it's interesting because I'm watching these things and I know that in the last few shows, you and I have both have made some comments about, oh, the topics aren't really as positive as they should be or, you know, have been in the past. And we're almost kind of apologizing for it if you go back and listen. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching her talk about shame and especially vulnerability. And I'm thinking, well, why did we make those comments? Like, what what is the connection there about what she's speaking about and what makes us feel uncomfortable about having these hard conversations? There's something there I want to explore more about. So we're going to talk about it. I'm going to okay. like... We're going to, we're going to go there, Pete. Okay, let's go there. <laughs> so after we, uh, or after I, I 
watched her talks, of course, I was interested in buying her books, right? And so I bought two of her books. Um, the first one that I'm reading right now is The Gifts of Imperfection, Let Go of Who You Think You're Supposed to Be and Embrace Who You Are. And then the second one that I bought was Daring Greatly. And I'm almost done with the first one. So I know for sure I'm going to have some things to, to say about that. Um, I don't know yet about Daring Greatly because I'm just going to kind of see how it, you know, where I go with all of this, if I, I want to read it or. I thought Daring Greatly was the better one. Oh, you do? I okay, did. So, yeah, I read well, them both. And I think Daring Greatly is fantastic. It's, well, then yeah. now I'm going to have to read now it. Now you so. have to read it. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll be talking about that one too. Um, but this week I wanted to start with this webinar for ADHD moms and the importance of connection because it really does tie into um, the group coaching services. And because it's open enrollment, it's perfect timing, I think, to, to, to talk about it. Um, this webinar was hosted by Helen Lippman, and the title of the webinar was called Survival Strategies for Moms with ADHD. And this immediately caught my attention because of the group that I want to form with ADHD moms. Um, it's sponsored by Attitude Magazine. And so in our show notes, I'll have the link to her website so you can check out um, what she does. And then also the link to Attitude Magazine to their webinars because they really do have some fantastic topics. So I encourage people to go and look at look at that as a resource. So we'll have those in the show notes. Um, so anyway, going back to this webinar at the beginning... What she does is she provides a lot of education around ADHD and how it affects moms. And uh, she basically has different examples around the cognitive, emotional, physiological, and behavioral regulation issues that, that moms deal with. And some of the examples that really jumped out at me, which I see a lot with my clients, um, were the disorganization issues, trouble with really having just basic household um, management, like routines, sticking to routines, chores, things like that. Um, I see a lot of people struggle with paper, with mail, and then the, with their time, right? Because they're constantly running late and, and it's just kind of this rush all the time. Um, she also talks about unreliable memory. I see that with clients of, you know, being distracted, forgetting where where things are put. Um, and then there's always this kind of sense of forgetting something, which of course causes a lot of stress and anxiety, right? I mean, right. you're just constantly thinking you're forgetting something and you're frustrated. And then of course, sleep issues when you're a mom and or a dad and have kids and you have, you know, didn't get a good night's sleep. I mean, you're asking for disaster for the next day. I mean, you know, you're irritable, you're quick to, to get maybe angrier than what you would normally get, crankiness, all this stuff. Um, but one of the things that she said that was really interesting to me um, of how ADHD can affect moms is the estrogen levels that we, the, the hormones that we have as women right. um, and how that affects your ADHD. And, and actually this is being studied more um, by researchers who are really, are they're starting to find this connection with hormones and ADD. And what she goes on to say is that that could be, you know, one of the reasons why ADHD doesn't usually show up in girls until they've hit puberty. Um, and it's also could be one of the reasons why symptoms for women, they sometimes feel like their ADHD gets worse when they're going through menopause as they get older. Um, and so it's just really an interesting connection to me. And 
you know, she couldn't really answer exactly what that connection is because it's still new and they're still trying to kind of figure out what's going on here. But to me, I think it's good to know. I mean, it's good to, to kind of see that there might be a relationship there that we need to be more aware of. Sure. Um, now, some of the other things that I see with my clients with ADHD um, and, and having that mom rule is they try to live up to this high standard and it leaves them feeling, you know, really less than whoever it is that they're comparing themselves to and not good enough. And so there's always this kind of doubt that they have around themselves. Like, you know, I should be doing this. I should, this should be easier. Um, and they're beating themselves up over and over again. And it's just this terrible, bad cycle. And it can really be toxic, um, to your quality of life. And she even uses the word toxic and, you know, I've seen it. I, I totally believe that that's true. Uh, now she says at the, at the, even at the very beginning of the talk that by stating, um, or she states that many of the parenting books and advice that is out there are not geared for, for moms with ADHD. And so it's not as easy and simple as just putting a list together and following it. And so, you know, you're, you, you have a parenting book and you think that, well, I should be able to do this. And again, it's just this bad cycle because it's hard and it's frustrating and it just doesn't come easy. Um, her first kind of survival tip was to kind of it was basic to, basically to acknowledge your ADHD and, and to seek treatment for it. And uh, she talks about different ways to do this, you know, and we know this. There's therapy, coaching, medication, support groups. And uh, the message to me was very loud and clear as I was listening to the webinar that this is not something that people have to go through alone. It's not your sole burden to carry is what she said. And I just thought that was beautifully said because I think so many times we do feel like we're alone. Um, and so just to kind of have that message there that, nope, you can get help and, and, and that's good. In the webinar, and this is where we talk about connection, the conversation went on to how there's this huge amount of value in connecting with other like-minded women who are experiencing the same things that you are. So you don't feel alone. You don't feel like it's just me or I'm broken or I am less than. It is your ADHD. There's other women that are dealing with this too. It's just the way that your brain is wired, you know, and that's it. It doesn't make you bad. It doesn't make you not worthy, you know, or any different than anybody else. It just makes it a little harder, right? And so being aware of that and, and accepting that and being with other people that are dealing with the same thing can really make a big difference. I know, and you know, many mothers, including myself, um, feel like no one could possibly understand how hard some of this stuff is, right? And Even, even just day-to-day, like being a mother. Yeah. I mean, it's just like when I was going through the, you know, when I, when I shared my experience with my son in his math class, I mean, I know that seems trivial to probably to some with some, you know, there's much bigger issues in the world than that. But at the same time, when I was going through it, I was like, this is so hard. (laughs) You know, why is this so hard? What am I doing wrong? And you start blaming yourself. 
Yeah. Well, and you know, you, you brought up a, a point earlier that I think is really interesting about what we compare ourselves to. And I think it goes both ways. Like on one hand, you, and I, you know, you, you compare yourself to the standard that is set for you, either that's your mother or, a, you know, a sibling or the mothers in your community. Like there's always, there's always a grass is always greener kind of standard that is set for, uh, for who you should aspire to be. And I say that heavily in air quotes, right? Yeah. Who you should aspire to be is no one beyond who you are right now. Just do be the very best you you can be that sort of a thing but the it's magnified when you're dealing with your kids because suddenly it's you know their life is your responsibility for uh, for this time and and when they're going through trouble it doesn't matter what the trouble is really whether it's math class or you know social difficulty or you know whatever it is cub scouts who knows um, what it is is you know your failure as somebody who you know has responsibility over them and we are so bad at dealing with sorrow and kind of being present in that in that space enough to recognize that that you know to recognize possible solutions uh, that, that that's where we feel pain. And I think that's a, that's a really, um, I think that's a, that's a difficult place to live. Well, and it was interesting because as I was thinking about this show and I was thinking about, um, you know, this fear of, of judgment, right? I mean, that's really what a lot of what it is, is that we, we kind of fear that if we talk about this stuff or we talk about how we're feeling that we're being judged in some way. And I was thinking about it and I thought, you know, the reality is there are people that are judging us <laughs> and th- there are people that, that will judge you. And so it's, it's really a matter of how do we respond to that and how yeah. to deal with that? How, how do we feel about the, the, the prospect of being judged? Right. And, right. And, and, and what is our responsibility to, to that judgment? Like there, <laughs> I, I I say it to myself all the time, like I, that their judgment of me is their opinion and theirs alone. Right. Right. That that has nothing to do with my reality and my space and my life. And and the the more I recognize that, the more liberating it feels. That does not at all discount how difficult it is to liberate liberate yourself from it. It's really exactly. difficult. Yeah. But I think what you're saying is, I mean, the first step to doing that is actually recognizing that you know, what do I have control over? What don't I, and, and how am I going to respond to this? I mean, just recognizing it. I know it doesn't make it easy, but, but recognizing it and, t- you know, yeah. thinking it through, I think is better than, than really just kind of sitting in it. Well, and this was something we talked about before, I, I think was, which is this idea that, um, you know, how, how easy it is it for others to uh, let their stress influence you? Right? How easy? I think about this all the time. Whose whose stress am I feeling right now? Is it my stress? Is it my anxiety? Or is it on behalf of someone else? My wife, my kids, uh, a client? Is am I taking on their stress and letting their stress fuel my anxiety? Their judgment fuel my anxiety? And and I have to ask myself, who's the dummy in this situation? It's always me. I am always the dummy, uh, because I'm the one letting somebody else's anxiety and stress be my anxiety and stress. And that's that's empathy can be very. very very powerful and, and a force for good, but it can also be uh, a force for great evil when it causes you such pain. Um, and so that is, I think that's, that's really at the core of this sort of shame and vulnerability piece. It's this idea of who are we letting influence us and how we feel about ourselves right now today, because that feeling 
Coming to terms with that recognition is what gets in the way of you being the best mom that you can be or me being the best dad that I can be. I'm always thinking about how someone else or some other fictitious um, parent of mine, because it's not my parent. My parents don't sit in judgment. I'm making up this fact that they sit in judgment of me. That's right, in my head. Right. You don't know for sure. Yeah, exactly. I, of course not. Yeah. Uh, they're not here sitting in judgment over me. But what I can tell you is that impression, when I let that be dominant, the dominant force in my parenting, it gets in the way of making good decisions on behalf of my kids. Yeah. Yeah. I remember talking to a mom once and we were having a similar conversation of sort of what she was living or what she was trying to live up to and, and, uh, who she was comparing herself to. And she had some answers. I mean, she had some real answers. Like I, she knew exactly who she was comparing herself to and where that was coming from. But my question to her then was, you know, well, what are your, what do your children think? Did, do they know they, that you love them? Uh. And she paused and probably felt like what you just, you know, how, yeah. how you decide, you know, and, and she kind of stopped for a second. She's like, well, of course they know I love them. And, and then it really was a conversation of what else matters, you know, really what else matters if you're, if your kids know and, and they're being taken care of, they know they're being taken care of. They know that you love them with everything that you have, then what, why does that other person's opinion make a difference you know what's the value in their opinion versus the value of of what your kids think you know it's crazy um but we we all get wrapped up in that i mean i get wrapped up in and do it all the time i mean we all do you know of course Uh, it is it is part of it it's because of our natural i mean empathy is a natural human state i mean it's easy for us to take on kind of the expressive qualities of others and and that that's a that is a challenge as much as an opportunity Absolutely. Well, and, and what, going back to the connection piece and, you know, when, what she was talking about in the webinar and how this really ties into, um, what I'm trying to do with the group coaching is that the reality is people do understand where you're coming from. Um, they are usually going through the same things or very similar things and they can relate to you. You're not by yourself. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, one of the things that, that I think we get stuck on sometimes is that if we ask for help, then that means that we're weak or we're not capable. And one of the things that I learned from Brene Brown is shifting that way of thinking that asking for help is actually very courageous. It's not a sign of weakness at all. It's a sign of being brave enough that you're willing to do the work to get, you know, the life that you want, you know, and really shifting that, that, that thinking of weak to really it's it's bravery it's about being brave it, i i loved that and i loved so much of her you know her aha moment was the same as my aha moment in listening to that experience which was when she comes around and talks about when, when uh, I, a man comes up to her at the end and says you know what, what uh you know i know you talk a lot about women and this idea of vulnerability and and power and empowerment but but um really, I mean, I just want you to reflect a little bit on the, the importance of this very topic with men. And, and I, man, that, that was a kick in the gut for me because it, it really is. It's that same issue. It's power and bravery and figuring out and having the courage to face the things that cause you difficulty, mm-hmm. uh, and not just bury it and hide from it. And, um, you know, it, and being able to face and, and face your family and difficult 
difficult situations. I mean, it's a, it, it is an, an amazingly powerful story. One of the many reasons why I love coaching is that connection piece. And, you know, whether it's between me and the client on a one-on-one basis or with group coaching, it's the connection between several people. And so my intention and how this kind of all relates to, to what I'm offering and, and connection, what my intention for the group coaching, not only for the ADHD moms, but also for the professionals as well, is to build a community for people to connect and feel safe about exploring some of these things that we're afraid to talk about, you know, where we can learn and grow from each other. And, and, and acceptance is just sort of a given and there is no judgment. I don't want people to, to feel like they're being judged in any way. Um, but something that I want to talk about with group coaching, and also it really doesn't matter what kind of, of coaching I do, I want to be clear about something that I think sometimes is not understood. Are you ready for this? I'm, I'm ready. Okay. Lay, lay it on me. <laughs> so group coaching and individual coaching or even co- college, co- coaching with college students, it's not just about how to do something better. It's not just about the strategies. And I think that there's probably some people thinking, well, wait a minute. It, you talk about tips all the time. This podcast is full of ideas and suggestions. I wrote a book on organizing. And I will certainly continue to share my experiences, you know, with, with what I've seen work and not work. And, and strategies are important, and, and, but there's a time and a place for them. And, and that's what I mean by this is that I think that sometimes people want to jump right into the strategies, but there's something that has to happen first in order for those strategies to work. And that is, you know, really understanding what's getting in your way um, of, of making this stuff work because the knowing how to do something is really not the issue because I can probably tell you that many of my clients will come to me already knowing what it is that they have to do or what they're looking to do or what right. they would like to do because there's plenty of information out there on how to do something, right? Sure. I mean, the how-to isn't really a mystery. (laughs) The mystery is trying to figure out what's getting in the way. And those are having these conversations that, that we started to kind of talk about with fear and shame and vulnerability and these things that Brene Brown, that, that, that she brings up. And what I see are these limiting beliefs that people have about who they are and, and how they think and what they think they're capable of, what they believe they can, or especially what they believe they can't do. And so then it's challenging these beliefs and, and really asking, you know, how, how are they serving us? These are the conversations that I want to have. And these are the conversations that need to happen, I believe, first, before we get into the how-to. And you can do that with the connection of other people because they have the similar stories, the similar situations, the feelings and things like that. Once we can kind of zero in what the source is, what's happening, then together we can really start exploring some of the different strategies and the how-tos, right? It makes more sense then at that point. And for trying to figure out what, what's worked for people, what hasn't, what are they willing and open to do now, all of those things. Um, so really, in summary, giving you the how-tos before you kind of do the hard work, the conversations that I want us to have is really only a temporary solution. It's a Band-Aid, and uh, the bleeding is going to continue to, to happen unless we really get to the source. So I think it's important that people understand that. I don't want you signing up for this group, you know, thinking that it's just going to be all how-tos. I really want to get to the meat of stuff. I mean, that that's my goal, and, and have it really be a safe place for people to, to express themselves and, and hopefully get a lot out of it. Well, that is 
wonderful. I'm very excited for this next round to get started. Classes start, or uh, the groups start in April. Sign up and get your uh, get your spot reserved and get ready to take on the real issues. Uh, anything else? Any uh, final uh, words of wisdom? Or are you ready to wrap this thing up? I think I'm ready to wrap this one up, but I'm going to be ready next week. I know. We're going to jump into uh, jump into Brene, Bra- Brene Brown. I'm excited yes. about that. Yeah. Oof. Me too. I need to go watch those videos again. Um, Excellent. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening and downloading. Don't forget, check us out. Subscribe for free on iTunes. And you know what? By the time you hear this, if you you find that it's not natural for you to jump to um, iTunes and check your latest podcasts or, um, you know, jump on the web, we're going to start sending out a weekly email update that just says, here's the latest episode. Here's it. It's posted. You can get it right now just to remind you that it's there. We've had some folks who've, who've mentioned that they would like that. And so we're going to give it a shot. Uh, and you can subscribe for that uh, mailing list right on the front page of the website. We would love you to, to make sure you join the list and, and be the first to know when a new episode of the ADHD podcast has gone live. Thanks everybody. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll catch you next week on taking control the ADHD podcast. <laughs>